Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com/people today. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous to your contracts, they said, "What the f- are you talking about? You insane Hollywood ass." So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello, you are listening to Murder Hobros, a podcast where my friends and I stay in touch through the medium of a role-playing game. This is our third season and our second go at Dungeons & Dragons and you've joined us for the finale, game 18 of our second run through our Ghosts of Saltmarsh game. I'm hoping this should end the story in a satisfactory way for you guys. Thank you so much for listening to us. Some of you might have been with us from the beginning, three seasons ago, and some of you may have popped along at some other point through our journey. We will be returning. We will be playing a new game. And a bit of a different game for our season four. I loved recording this. It's completed, it's completely recorded, it's completely unmixed, but it will be coming to you in the new year. And I'm really eager. I was super excited to give this this game a go. The the lore, the, the culture of the game is, the setting is a bit different. We will be playing a game called through the breach set in the Malifaux universe. If you're not familiar with that, it's hard to explain, but think Wild West in another dimension with magic and Victorian style um, architecture and dress and monsters and samurai and gremlins. It's really cool. You will see in the new year. On that note, I'm going to take a small winter holiday break I mix every week, we record every week. Some of the guys have been a little ill lately. <clears throat> you could even tell from, yeah, I think Sandy's had a cough for a year. You know, you can hear him coughing in some of these episodes. I don't ever think that left. And, you know, some of us are working through COVID at the minute as well. A lot of us work in schools and, you know, it, it makes us vulnerable. So we're going to rest up over the winter period. As always, if you want to reach out to us, you can at Murder Hobros on Twitter. If you've got questions, if you've got feedback, and of course, we will gratefully receive any reviews and ratings on your preferred podcast platform. I think I'm going to leave you there. Hope you enjoyed the end of this run. Hope you've enjoyed Ghosts of Saltmarsh as much as we had enjoyed playing it. And maybe we'll come back to it. Have a good Christmas. Goodbye. Cool. Let's go Strand. Um, I, mean, I kind of want him to be a private investigator. <laughs> <laughs> I said it earlier like on. Four hours. I wanted a team. And I'm just going to set it up. You know, put the word out. People need Okay. Shit. You can have a so great you team. Wanna... Nobby. You know. Yeah. Simeon. Yeah. <laughs> Crembrel. Let's take, let's take this shit noir, you know. <laughs> okay, so if you're looking for 
employment, short-term work. Um, are you looking just to basically advertise your skills, yeah. or where would you be looking to advertise here? So the council, the town council place, the market. Okay, the there's pubs. three different taverns there's the snapping line which is more for fishers sailors and laborers there's the empty net which is more dodgy that's where nickass and uh shale went they wanted to be dodgy and you went actually and then there's the wicker goat which is more for the dwarfs and the town guards i don't want to be ta- like drawing uh etchings like etching things of like some guy's dwarf and wife smashing some like <laughs> elf or something you Wait, say that again. You want that or you don't want that? <laughs> no, no, I don't want it to be like that. Okay. So firstly, I guess, how are you going to advertise this? Are you going to have something made up that you're going to yeah. distribute? Flyers I'll, and stuff? I'll get needles. Uh, strand. <laughs> <laughs> what, what about pulling at the strands? Yeah, pull, oh. there we go. Pulling at the strands. Feel stranded? Okay. Pulling at the strands. And I'll get needles to design the the nice. flyer. Okay, so under your guidance, um, needles is sitting on the docked, and he's his first um, flyer says pulling at the strands, and it looks like uh, a, a almost like a valley with uh, these tufts of um, <laughs> these tufts of foliage, and it's got pulling at the strands, and then. Submit contact information for yourself as a detective agency. Uh, make an insight check. 18. You recognize immediately that this valley is a pubic mound and <laughs> the uh, foliage is pubic hair and then there is just a lone pube being plucked out of it. <laughs> Almost perfect needles. All right. <laughs> What's a missing, what do you want me to yeah, change? Less pubic mound. Oh, I was hoping you wouldn't notice that. And uh, he redoes it. Like I've plugged it all, and there's one left. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) We call that the bald turkey. (laughs) And he um, he makes. I don't know where his voice has gone, but he makes. um, We call that a bald turkey. (laughs) We we are. I am starting a detective agency, so it all needs to go American noir. So So he makes some vaguely obscene, slightly abstract. Who are the cars? (laughs) Illustration with uh, pulling at the strands and hands you twenty-five different sheets that he rapidly replicates for you. Uh, He's puffing at his pipe while he's working. Hands him to you, pats you on the back, and walks off to find somewhere to get drunk. Oh yeah. Where are you going to do to distribute these? Uh, like I said, more, the more reputable places won't work for scumbags. I'll so just hit, I'll just hit them with my Glock. <laughs> you're straight away. You're the docks are right next to the council hall. So are you going to just plaster one up on the council hall? Yeah. You must have glues and stuff on board the ship. Spit. So. You uh, easily can plaster the council hall. Make a... Is this a stealthy thing or are you just doing it? No, no, it? just doing it. Okay. You recognize a couple of people around the market are, are, are watching you do this and having a little read over your shoulder. They're quite unashamed. Um, they seem nonplussed. Where next? Um, the more... Rep- uh, the market. We're going to market. So the market, there are a lot of stalls around. Uh, there is barrels and crates that seem to be there for a small period of time um tables that are set in the middle for some sort of like communal uh, eating space really and there are dockside um i guess like planks of wood not planks of wood like almost like um what's the word like wooden uh, I can't, literally, my brain's gone. Pallets. Pallets is... We, yeah, there's pallets. There's bits that you can tie off boats to. What are they, they called that jut out of the floor? Boat horns. Yeah, but <laughs> let's go boat horn. There's a boat. There's plenty of boat horns to tie off. Um, so you could plaster... Basically, there's plenty of places to plaster around there. And you, and you do. Anywhere else? You've got uh, three taverns around town. You've got various mansions. There's the fishmongers' plants... There is the Mariner's Guildhall, 
the Carpenters Guildhall. Yeah, the Guildhalls will hit up the Guildhalls and then one of the taverns. Um, Jillar's busy with Uriel, otherwise she would not have let you do that. But um, you easily find uh, her place and, and plaster that up. You plaster the Mariner's Guildhall. Um, there's a couple of uh, sea men, Mariner's, uh, reading as well, quite interested. And you easily can hit the snapping line as well. I'm just going to check the snapping line very quickly for something. The snapping line on my map is very central and it is here. And it's run by a young woman who you wouldn't, you probably know actually as you're more of a local resident called Hannah Rist. And um, she's from a, a well-known family of lobster catchers. And uh, she's quite famous for at the snapping line which is special in itself. This is a really popular inn and tavern, and it's built from planks and holes of like half a dozen decommissioned fishing ships. It's very nautical in theme. It has sleeping rooms, but they're plain, although comfortable, and they're designed to kind of look like ship's cabins. Um, It does have a distinct smell of fish that's never really been scrubbed out of the walls. And if you sleep here, it's kind of famous that you will get like a slightly fishy scent. But sailors and fishers basically gather here. They trade stories. They drink into the night. And it's a friendly place. It's it's peaceful. Uh, it's an acquired taste. But um, it's, if you know, you like that this sort of shtick, it's, it's a good, good enough place. And she is also famous for making a spirit from lobster meat and potatoes, which she calls claw wine. And Hannah basically snatches one of these from you as you're, you know, going up the steps, and she says, all right, what's this? I'm starting up an uh, investigation agency. Really? Yeah. What sort of work are you looking for here? Good work. Good work. Good work. So you want me to put one of these up, do you? Yeah. Okay. Uh, okay, I can do that for you. Um, you know... Have you spoken to Eliander? No, who's Eliander? Eliander Fireborn, the dragonborn with one leg who's on the council. Before, a bit. He might have work for you, you know. Just a tip, just a tip from uh, from me to you. But Eliander, he, he might have some off-the-books work for you. Thanks for the information, sweetheart. And I'll flip her a gold <laughs> coin. <laughs> she snatches it out of the air. Uh... And she winks at you. Dead men are heavier than broken hearts. <laughs> oh, <laughs> nice. She has no idea how to respond to that. Does anybody? What do you want to do? No, I don't. Uh, I'll go and talk to Eliander. Okay, so... Being... On the way, I'll just mm. narrate a bit. <laughs> Out loud. Narrate a bit. The rain fell like dead bullets. <laughs> <laughs> That's really good gritty noir dialogue. Yeah. I love the fact fucking last season we were in a fucking noir <laughs> know, world and you like, but no, I'm I, cooking I, eggs. I only got the one monologue and then I had that sort of plan. <laughs> and it was breakfast. And I never got it again. It was a breakfast <laughs> monologue. I know. Then literally I was going to have his inside voice be like that. Oh, that's such a disappointment now to I me. <laughs> that now voice is awesome. This, in a Greek tragedy, makes... they fall from great heights. In noir, they fall from the curb. That is so good. <laughs> what do you even mean? <laughs> I don't think it matters. It just yeah, sounds noir. great. It's, it's noir and shit. <laughs> it's noir. There's some, weir- there's some weird ones. The coffee shop smell was strong enough to build a garage on. <laughs> okay. You the cross the shop. So that's very good. Maybe Mars next again. Um, you cross the Sharkfin Bridge, this large bridge that crosses the river where it's large enough to basically get two carts across it and buildings, shops and homes. And the vibe is a little off in town. People are irritable, it seems. There's not many smilers at you. Even a couple of dwarfs that pass you, they just give you a very brisk nod and keep walking, despite you know you recognising them from around town. And you start turning off back round a hill on the other side of the bridge towards the Hall Watch Tower. This 60-foot tall tower was actually the first defensive building of Saltmarsh. And it still serves. It still serves as an armory and a lookout. 
as well as the official base of the town guard. This is where Eliander spends most of his time in his duties as commander of the guard, as well as his duties as, as a, a council member. And um, you see this imposing tower, 60 foot tall. Um, there are guards posted outside and they nod at you when they see you. Afternoon. Afternoon. Eliander about. Yeah, he's in his office. Wanna, wanna come through? Yeah. All right. And uh, they open the door for you. And um, there is uh, the downstairs. It's more like an office, and there is a spiral staircase that leads up deeper into the actual tower itself. And um, the guards kind of speak as like looking for Eliander. And oh yeah, just just go up the stairs. Keep going up six flights. Uh, well, and then go up four more. And um, they direct you to the top end of the, the tower. And you go up the stairs, I guess, and you reach uh, a large door that is open. And you can see that uh, this dragonborn, this red skin scaled, sorry, dragonborn with a peg leg is sitting hunched over his desk. Uh, there's paperwork everywhere and he's scribbling and he's directing uh, a message to uh, two squires uh, very quickly. And um, as soon as you are there, he stops talking and he says, Strand. No, he doesn't. He's got a much deeper voice than that. Strand. As I walked into the dank room, I wondered what I'd gotten myself into. <laughs> what, are you, what are you mumbling? Nothing. Uh, I hear you got some work. What for? Yeah, you know, I've got an investigation agency. Really? Yeah. Roll a d6. One. Hmm. He shuffles some papers on his desk and he's like, where is it? And he picks things up and he just gets annoyed and looks up at the two squires and he just goes, go, go, do the job I said. And then he shuffles the papers. Ah, here it is. And he pulls out um, a report, basically. It's got, you can't really see it, but you can see that there's a lot of information. And he just goes, would you find stolen goods? If it's for a good cause. Yeah, takes a, a weight off my desk. Uh, there's been some stolen goods, uh, believed goblins, in the Hall Marshes. If you can recover these... There's there's money in it. This it's a simple finder's fee. Find the goblins, find the stolen goods, get paid. I'll take Interested? Off your hands. Okay. Um he signs the paper, dates it, writes a little note on it, folds it up and hands it to you. And um if you inspect it, you can see that uh bizarrely, like some furs have been stolen. Uh some fur trappers basically were apprehended in the hall marshes as they were trying to make a, uh, a, a a crossing, basically a shortcut through the marshes to get back to Salt Marsh. And they just got fucked up by the goblins. They were not killed, but beaten quite badly. And the goblins basically ran off with quite a lot of, we're talking thousands of, well, say a thousand gold pieces worth of furs. They had a wagon fully loaded with bear furs and wolf skins and um, just a range of different fur-based goods. And they've just nicked them and ran off into the marshes. Your mission is, if you accept it, is to recover these stolen goods. I'll accept it. Excellent. Um, good luck. Be careful. Do you know anything about the hall marshes? Do I need to? Probably a marsh, isn't it? Well, it's wet, yes. Would you like to know anything about the Hall Marshes? Got a boat. Got legs. How deep? Okay. Was that a jibe? Uh, are you a jibe? I have one leg. Oh. Um. No. It wasn't a jibe. Yes, I I realised that. I'm sensitive. I've got little legs. <laughs> You do. Would you like me to give you a very succinct bit of information about the Hall Marshes? If it will pertain to the case. 
I almost don't want to tell you that. <laughs> They're treacherous. They're notorious for pools of water that seem easy to cross, but they're not. You are a little dwarf. There are deep wells and layers of mud. The area is full of tall, sickly trees and great swarms of biting insects. It is not a pleasant place, Strand. We need boat and fire. More than that, weapons. It's an ideal hiding place for outlaws, raiders and goblins. I'm really not selling this short. Stinging insects are a, a nuisance. Just fought a massive fucking octopus, mate. All right, then insects won't be a problem. Do you, look, do you want me to do this or not? Because really, I'm getting bored I do. of doing this now. Oh, fine, fine, fine. Haul marshes, get some furs, come back with the furs, and I will reimburse you for your troubles. Pleasure doing business with you. Yeah, you fucking better. I, it I, was a ba- it was a jibe. And I'll, I'll kick you with my fucking peg, you prick. And he gone. gets up, and he yeah, and he's he's you're gone. All right, you got a mission. First mission, uh, fur goods recovery. Uh, the hall marshes is quite interesting, actually. And <laughs> anything can happen out there. Yeah. Well off book. Did Captain- any of my wood um, wood gathering things happen in the same place as that? Wood gathering with with my little dwarf lady. She wants me to get. Uh, no. Yeah, you're gonna have to leave town for that. So I would say not yet. But if you get more downtime or you're in certain areas or you spot an opportunity, that's when I, you can. Start I didn't know whether we could go together. But I think your repairs job is going to probably take all day anyway. Okay. Um, but that's an extra little thing for you, as when you get the chance. And I, you probably will. It, I would be shocked if you didn't stumble across something that could be potentially an interesting wood for her. Cool. All right. Before we wrap this up, Captain uh, Shale, what would you like to do with the day? Uh, now I'm the, uh, the owner and operator of a successful business. I'll do what every rich man does and pay someone to beat the shit out of me while I jack off. Um <laughs> 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 no, I think in the interest of time, I think Shao's just going to go shopping. He's going to buy himself a few, but is there anywhere to buy anything magical? Is there a wizard in town? Or there is, actually. So if you're looking for specific magic items, um, there is a place. Let me find it. So basically, even up to legendary, this is actually a connected town. There is an individual called Captain Zendros. So I'm just going to find where he would be. You basically can ask around easily. And it is the Faithful Quartermasters, which I'll ping on the map. Um, And it's the other side of town, very close to actually, you wouldn't know this, but very close to where Blades lived. So Blades lived on this jetty in this kind of abandoned hut. Actually, I met met Blades, right? Oh, you did. Sorry, you did meet Blades. So Blades lived over here next to those three brothers that that followed Gil and you guys out of town that first time. And um, and over here is uh, the, the faithful quartermasters. Can I stop one? Of the, is there anyone walking along the street in a cart? Um, a cart yeah, there's there's carts around. Uh, can I hire one for a gold just to drive me? Easily. Um, you have a a young boy happy to take you on his cart across the shark fin bridge uh, up the hill. So you see um, the faithful quartermasters up on this cliff, basically, as it looks down over the Kingfisher River, as it pours out into the sea. And on the other side of the Kingfisher River, you've got the docks, your own ship, the Shiitake Sunrise, that's um, moored. I'll, I'll kind of stop the cart, and I'll kind of, I'll, I imagine we just stop somewhere like here, and I just look out to my own ship, watching people scurrying all over it and kind of a single tear will roll down his cheek and he goes, <laughs> well done, Shale. Well done. Uh, and then we'll carry on. Okay. And the boy takes you to the Faithful Quartermasters and it is, it looks just like a relatively nice shop. It's um, all wooden facaded. Uh, there is a little um, like porch stoop that you can sit on. 
there are nice shutters that have been recently painted white and uh, it looks well loved. Whoever owns this place is looking after the building. It would be easy for the paint to get kind of like um, eroded and flaking off with like the salt from the sea and the the wind, the harsh wind coming off the off the coast. But this is a loved building and there is a little bell on the inside as you open the door and step in and you can see uh, a rather um, beautiful older woman. She's got blonde hair, she's quite tall and um, she's got these quite piercing blue eyes, like very, very light blue eyes and dimples when she smiles when she sees you. And she says, hello, I am... Uh, Tracy, nice to meet you. Zendros, nice <laughs> to meet you. What can I do for you? Uh, I was looking, I heard you got some magic stuff. I like magic stuff. What you I do sell magic items, yes. What are you after? Uh, stuff, what you got? I'll come to your shop. Well, I categorise my products under common, uncommon, rare, very rare, or legendary. I mean, let's, let's not blow the boat out. Um, How much have you got to spend, sir? A eh, couple of thousand, you know. A couple of ton. A couple of ton. A couple of ton. Rare. Not, I'm not sure that's a thousand or not. Donkey, pony, a couple of ponies. If you've got a couple of thousand gold pieces, we can go up some rare items. Is there any rare items that you would be interested in acquiring? Now I want stuff to help with my magics. Like, to save doing this now, Josh, do you want me to go away and have a little look? Um, Um, I'll throw some You can, but she uh, instantly says, let me just check something, sorry. So, I haven't got my DM uh, book here, easily accessible, but... She's like, well, I've got potions of fire giant strength, elixirs of health, cloud giant strength, horseshoes nah, of a zephyr. interested in t- temporary shit. What are you interested in, sir? Now, I can't remember the thing. There's a <laughs> um, hat. There's a spellcasting hat that becomes your magical focus. I quite like to kind of have a captain-y hat based around my spellcasting focus. Uh, and there's what something that I think is a pearl of power that lets you have your regain spell. There's there's loads of fucking things. That's what I mean. It's going to be a lot of dicking about. Okay, let me have a look. Um, a pearl of power is a wondrous item. Oh, okay, that might be a bit too. It says, uh, while this pearl is on your person, you can use an action to speak its command word and regain one expended spell slot. Yeah, Wondrous is going to be a bit too... Expensive. Hello, I thought it was lower than that. I thought it was... Uh, that's what it says here. I could. It might not be the best. It's a hat of wizardry is the thing that I'm thinking of. It's a common item. Da, 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 da. All right. So she says hat of wizardry. And she... Uh, so this is an antiquated cone-shaped hat adorned with gold crescents, moons, and stars. While you are wearing it, you gain the following benefits. You can use the hat as a spell cast in focus for your wizard spells. You can try to cast a cantrip that you don't know. The cantrip must be on the wizard spell list and you must make a DC 10 arcana check. If the check succeeds, you cast the spell. If the check fails, so does the spell and the action used to cast the spell is wasted. In either case, you can't use this property again until you finish a long rest. Did you say that was common? I can't, like I said, it's been it's been a while since I've looked at the DMG for magic items. Uh it's not jumping out with anything here, so I don't think that's common. But I would say that that's probably that's okay. There you go. I beg your pardon. She's like, I I've got to have wizardry in the back, and she pulls it out, and it's this wonderful typical wizard's hat with the stars and moons embossed on it. And she's like, seventy five gold pieces. I want it to look like this. That's you got your the other looking ones. <laughs> <laughs> Don't have one of them. Oh. Lost it. <laughs> oh. <laughs> what do you want it to look like, sorry? A captain's hat. You got, you got a more, bit more captain name. We're a bit on the, we're on the sea here. Okay, here's what I can do. Give me the captain's hat. I might be able to do a little bit of uh, transference between the two. Uh, that will cost you 150 gold pieces, though. Yeah. All okay. day long. 
Okay, I can um, sort that. Anything else you're after, sir? It's been a while since I've fucking done it. Wand of the War Mage. Wand of the War. Wand of the War. <laughs> I'm drunk, sorry. Wand of the War. Wand of the War Mage. I think. Wand of the War Mage. Got it. Um. So this is an uncommon, rare, or very rare item. I guess it has ranks on it. Uh, while holding this wand, you gain a bonus to spell attack rolls determined by the wand's rarity. So plus one, two, or three, basically. In addition, you ignore half cover when making a spell attack. So she says, I have wands of the war mage accessible. How much are you prepared to spend? I don't know how much they are. I, that's well, what I mean. Well, you can sink 25,000 gold pieces for a very rare one. I'd have to get I'm that transported here. How much is a slightly less rare one? 2,500 gold pieces. That's what you just said the rare one was. No, very rare. 25,000 gold pieces. Fuck me. These are very powerful. Well, but you got you got like a standard one. Oh, yeah. 300 gold pieces for a, um, a plus one? Yeah, perfect. I have that uh, accessible in my personal supply and she heads out into the back room you can hear some rustling and she comes back with uh, a wand of the war mage it is a wand that looks like at the tip of it is unfortunately for you a spider um the nub at the end is like this elaborate spider with its legs folded underneath itself and um it's this spiral wand with this dark wood almost purpley tint in the light that kind of goes from this thin tip with the spider like head all into like a, a larger rounded handle at the other end. And that is a plus one wand of the war mage. Yeah, I'll have one of them. Okay. Is there anything else? Mm. What about a ring of water walking? She appraises you for a moment. You have a lot of money, don't you, sir? Yeah, I'm a successful ship's captain. You're just coming in here ordering everything. I like it. Um, and this is an uncommon item. While wearing this ring, you can stand on and move across any liquid surface as if it were solid ground. It is uncommon and will cost you 300 gold pieces. Perfect. That'll do me for now, but um, you got like a, a flyer or anything I can send the boys around to pick up anything else I need. No flies, but we use word of mouth around here. My name is Zendros. I can acquire, well, basically <laughs> anything um, if you've got the pockets for it. Common, uncommon, and some rare items I generally will have access to in store. Very rare or legendary items i would have to request from my sources um but obviously for the top end goods their top end prices from twenty five thousand gold pieces up to fifty thousand gold pieces however i understand if you have the money i can get you it one more thing you don't have any magical pillows do you <laughs> um no oh there is one catch to engage in my services as a broker, uh, 50 gold pieces on top. What about how much for a behind? <laughs> uh, excuse me? <laughs> how much from behind? Uh, <laughs> 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 uh, ne never mind. I'm going to give you 51 gold because I like you. Thank you. Uh... <laughs> hey, what was this about a pillow? I want a magical pillow for my crew. They fucking, they fucking love a pillow. They think, <laughs> honestly, they, it's my motivational technique. And they, they've just gone for it. So I, I want to make it a bit special. Okay, what sort of magic effect on the pillow? I don't know. Pillow of sweet dreams or lap dancing. But I don't know. This is a custom request. I would have to... Um... Throw it at home. I suppose so, yes. Yeah, well, have, have a little thing. You tell me what you can come with. We'll look in your books and stuff. 
and you give me a price. Okay. I, the thing is, I'm going to go and tell him it's magic, even though it's not yet. Okay. Um, how much are you prepared to sink on this device? Depends what you can make it do. Well, um, I could... Off the top of my head, I could make it glow. I could... Um, what, what fucking good's a glowing pillow? That's like the anti thing. Fair, yes. I could make it so that you could open it up and make it a pillow of holding. So you could just keep <laughs> stuffing things inside of it. I could make it so that... Um, oh, hang on. I've really got an idea. Caught me off guard here. Um, a bag of holding might not be, you know, bad idea, actually. Uh, pillow of holding. Um, I could make it so that if you... Hang on, I've got an idea. I've got to remember what it's called, though. There's a spell where you summon a fucking room. Oh, the Magnificent Mansion thing. I could no, cover it with sovereign glue so whoever sleeps on it is permanently attached to it. To be fair, I'm a little bit worried about giving it to uh, Strand. I've heard he's leaves gluey marks everywhere. Hmm. I don't know who he is. <laughs> I am quite happy. Learman's tiny hut. Um, a ten-foot radius immobile dome of force springs into existence around and above you and remains stationary for the duration, which is eight hours. Nine creatures of medium size or smaller can fit inside the dome with you. Um, creatures and objects within the dome when you cast a spell can move through it freely. All other creatures and objects are barred from passing through it. Spells and other magical effects can't extend through the dome or be cast through it. The atmosphere inside the space is comfortable and dry regardless of the weather outside. Oh, so you can have this underground yeah, it... and you could just open up and you have a dry thing. Underwater, I mean, not underground. I could... I could Shale's make... panic room. That's what <laughs> the pillow's going to be called. Shale's panic room. For me to craft something like that, it's uncommon. Uh, it's rare. Uh, that might be... I'll do a deal. A thousand gold pieces. Alright, but it needs a monogrammed S. No, I'm not going to go SS because that's got a bit of... Uh, mm. Let's just have a monogrammed mushroom. Done. Thousand gold pieces. Come Plus back in a day. 50. That's my 50. And I will make you a pillow that can summon a tiny hut around you. Of Well, a dome. A dome that you and be protected from. All right. Is that a deal? Deal. Done. And she shakes your hand. And um, you step out of the faithful quartermasters and um, can spend the rest of the day how you wish. To... I, I, I mm. say, fuck off, Tom. Uh, he was the guy that brought me in this cart. Uh, and then I'm just going to stroll across the water. He just shouts at you. I'm ten, you prick. <laughs> Thanks for the, the gold. Threw me off. Uh, yeah, and I'm going to use my magic ring to walk across the water back to the boat. Oh, nice. It hasn't attuned, so you drown. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Motherfucker. Um, all right. So I'm going to say that you guys can chill for the rest of the the day in Salt Marsh. The vibe is a little off in town. The but you know you can get some food. You meet up with different crew members around town, and between the crew, the the vibe's pretty great. They've followed you on a first on a maiden voyage out to sea, and had a good time and been paid handsomely for it. They are not a hardy crew, like on a literal hit point level. They're very easy to kill. You made sure that they all survived. And they're pretty happy. So if, you know, you pop in to one of the taverns and you see them, you know, they're beyond jovial. They share drinks, they share food, and um, they just have a good time in your company. Even and towards, uh, even the doctor, she's warmed, she's cutting, she's sarcastic. But underneath this front, you get the impression that, you know, this is a fucking great job for her. And she's appreciative of it in her own way. Around 8.30, you notice that people start to congregate on the streets and make their way towards the council hall. And you kind of get caught in this, unless you distinctly don't want to. And you are kind of like pulled in with the throng 
into the council chambers. Uh, Silas is there and he nods at you as like you and local villagers kind of like uh, get in. Uh, Marianne does see you, Nickass, uh, amongst the throng. And just across it, she just goes, Hey, goblin. All right. Oh, and um, she's kind of waving, like, yeah, yes, hello. And like, she's got like a little like handkerchief out. Oh, you're right. Yeah, no goblin. And she's kind of like getting pulled away from you by the crowd. Do you want to sit near me? I'm okay. I need to go in to the council. Thank you, though. Well, I'm going in there too. Oh, and uh, you kind of kind of all get pulled in, and you do see familiar faces. You can see the three old brothers across there, and they are clearly pissing around, like giggling, and like these are old men. They're like just skin and bone, wrinkles, and they're like in their seventies, but they're laughing, and like one slaps the other around the head, and then they just cackle, and they're clearly trouble. And uh, eventually, like a silence descends as this place is packed. It, it's full. There's more people in town that can possibly get in but it reaches its limit and uh silas closes the doors and you can see all of the um council members in session sitting at their desks uh this large desk um in front of the whole of the council uh, uh, the whole of the salt marsh citizens that can get inside Ida oland is there gellen primewater the older gentleman with the neat beard and the fancy wardrobe um you've got eliander fireborn and he does nod at you, Strand, across the room when he sees you. Manistrad Coppolox, the dwarf, who is doing everything to not look at Captain uh, Shale. And then there's also Anders Solmore, the boy, and his guardian, Scaring Wave Chaser. And while I'm in here, the... sorry to interrupt. Mm. No, no, no. Can I do, um, just out of curiosity, do it. You can do what you like, mate. Can I do? You can do anything. Divine sense. Yeah, divine sense. And see if there's anybody evil in here. Uh, does it literally just ping if you see someone see, evil? No, it, it just means that I, you know, I get like a bad smell from them or something. <laughs> you get, yeah. They stank. stank. I can sense yeah, the evilness. Look. And powerful good rings as well. Yeah, like who are good, who are bad. And if there's any undead celestial or fiend in here as well. You get one distinct ping. One distinct ping. Um, you know, there's a lot of people in town. There's a lot of neutral people in town. There's no real evil um, people that are jumping out, you feel. It's just a lot of Gray, nothing. Um, uh, you can open your awareness to detect such forces. You know the location of any celestial fiend or undead. There is no celestial fiends or undead in this room. You know the type, if any. Uh, they're not there. You can also detect the presence of any place that has been consecrated or desecrated. Nope. Uh, the presence of strong evil registers on your senses like a noxious odour. There is a small whiff. Just a small Sorry, whiff. Okay. Like a queef. <laughs> yeah. Very... Like meaty, queefy, but um, you can smell something, and you kind of like close your eyes just to pick it out. There's so much going on in your divine senses here, so much noise and feedback from just the general hubbub of people. It's coming from the table, which the council sits on. And is it a whiff of good or bad? Sorry, no, uh, I think you'd uh, be able to tell. The it's answer. a strong. It's a noxious yeah, odour. Yeah, odour oh, okay. is bad. Music it's... to my ears is good. And you think it's coming from the boy. And then you're like, no, no, no. That's not the boy. And then you look at his guardian, the tall, lean, tanned man with short silver hair, scaring wave chaser, who said very, very little in all of your encounters. He is protective towards Anders, the boy. And you just get a little vibe off of him. Like, there's something here. There's something... You don't know whether it's the, the the level of his evil is low. Right. Like, if there's a scale of evil, you don't know if... It, it, there's something here, and it just smells off as you study him. 
does the boy give me uh what you call it, heavenly music in my ears for being good? Um is it that kind of situation? He's pretty he's pretty neutral. You don't get like chimes of choir singing when you look at him. Um you don't get the opposite and he's he's a boy. He's a, a good boy, but no, he's not like holy or anything. Just need to ex- exercise him. Maybe drown him a bit. So the guardian <laughs> has a level of evil in him. There's something there that you can only. There's a lot going on in this room, but you do get, um, get a little taste of that. And straight away, Ida Oland claps a hammer onto a uh, onto the table. Like, is it called a gavel? Gavel. 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 She. Oh no, it's a, no, it's a gavel. Gavel. It's <laughs> yep. a gavel. And uh, she the just. She pulls out a warhammer and fucks the table up. Uh, it, <laughs> and then she just goes, okay, thank you very much for coming tonight. We, well, we have some additional guests we'd like to bring in. And there is a, another door on the other side of the room, not the entrance door. And it leads deeper into the chambers. And Silas is there again, and he opens this door. And out come Gara and Vith the two lizard folk that came with you from the colony. Oh, nice. And then out comes a, a merfolk. You just see like this blue face with these, uh, this crest, these spiked crests and these long over elvish long ears with yellow eyes and this very graceful aquiline um, face and body just step out. And um, you also see uh, a Lokathar, the, race of people kind of like flip-flops out. It looks like a mixture between a, a seal and a fish um, is the easiest way to describe them. They, um, they're really hard to describe, actually. They're the short ones that had the pet eels, the giant eel, sea eels that they rode. Um, they've got like flipper Seals. feet. And they're very fish-like, though. They kind of look slimy. They've got like a fish face, but um, they've, they're anthropomorphic. They've got hands and they've got a tail and they've got these long whiskers that kind of um, drop and droop down from their, just above their mouths. They look and, like catfish. Yeah, human catfish. Human catfish. Uh, these quite sad or pretty innocent eyes. And one of these just kind of like flops his way in as well. And she, Ida says, allow me to introduce uh, the people of Saltmarsh to the Lizardfolk Scale Shields Garrett and Vith. And they just stand and stare at the the council chamber that's filled with people we have arin from the merfolk colony and uh sakith from the lokathar these are representatives of their people their tribes and, and and colonies and we want you to know that you're welcome in salt marsh with us today there is a lot to talk about so i'm going to make this as quick as i can and i appreciate your patience The council is going to send a combined force from the allied species that are being assembled to strike a Sahwagin fortress. Before this attack can be correctly planned and executed, a small group is needed to make a preliminary excursion into the fortress. Captain Shale and crew and associated adventurers. We, the Council of Saltmarsh and the people of Saltmarsh. Wish you to be that group. We wish you to be the reconnaissance team. Should you be interested, we will set you the mission so that you can uh, work out how to plan a proper attack and meet our objectives. The full assault upon the Sahwagin fortress will be launched 14 days after the return of the reconnaissance team, assuming the mission succeeds. Our hope is that Captain Shale. Nikas, Strand, Uriel, and crew of the, and she checks her notes, Shiitake Sunrise will accept this assignment. Garrett and Vith of the Lizard Folk, 
have provided us with a crude map that identifies the location of the Sahwagin stronghold. It occupies an island in the estuary of the Javan River, some 50 miles away from Saltmarsh. It is a coastal headland, and it covers one flank of the island, which is connected to the mainland by a stone causeway. This used to be a lizardfolk lair, and it consists of a series of natural passages and caves honeycombing the interior of the island. We can provide the reconnaissance team with a map. We believe it's a three-level cave system inside this rocky island. We also seem to think that remarkably, the island has sunk into the surrounding area, leaving only the top one-third visible from above the water. The main entrance is what we believe a large cave that faces the sea coast. The lizard folk, whilst inhabiting the area, made few changes to the place, only adding, and she checks her notes, stairs to connect the levels, and Garrett nods. We don't know what the Sahwagin have done here. Your mission objectives, should you choose to accept the mission, are fourfold. We want you to determine the strength of the Sahwagin force, how many warriors, how many lieutenants and other battle-ready troops are present. Two, we want you to locate important areas within the fortress. Where are the warriors barracked? Where are the officers quartered? Where are the leaders housed? Three, we want you to discover any significant defensive measures, traps, areas readily, ready specifically for defence and other dangers that our attacking force must avoid or overcome. And four, Discover how advanced the Sahwagin preparations are and when they might mount their first attack. We believe their attack is imminent and will threaten the good people of Saltmarsh, the good people of the Lizardfolk colony, the good people of the Merfolk colony, and the tribes of the Lokathar and beyond. We are united in this threat. Captain Shale, Nikas, Strand, Uriel. We know that you have lost one of us and we also know that blades sound of blades another salt marsh regular one of us we know that he's vanished and out of respect for him i will speak no more a, a look of shame just comes out of and guilt goes across nikas's face I'll you've put, done i'll put my hand on his what hip Probably as high as it will go. You could probably <laughs> get his belly button or his. Balls. All right, calm down. <laughs> rub, it, oh, Jesus. rub his belly button a little bit, like pat him on the belly. Like, it's not your fault. <laughs> you have suffered greatly and risked your lives for us. We ask once more that you do the same. But I wish to urge that combat is not required as this mission. You are an elite team, and we believe that you can bring back the needed information. You will likely need to fight some of the Sahwagin, but you must remain quiet as often as possible to vo avoid becoming overwhelmed. If you can achieve the mission goals without combat, you are being smart. You are playing this well. The intent is to get you to think tactically. I want you to avoid unnecessary fights against a superior foe. We do not know how many Sahwagin there are. We assume there is an army. We want you to move past this army undetected, but not to hesitate should you need to act. Finally, if you wish to approach by sea, obviously we know you have your own vessel, but we can provide you one should you need it. We have a modified keelboat, two pairs of oars and rowboats, a step-down mast, and we can provide you with town guards to handle this. But I believe I'm overstepping my mark, Captain Shale. You have a very uh, formidable vessel at your disposal. On behalf of the Council of Saltmarsh and the people of Saltmarsh and our alliance of races, will you accept this mission? I kind of turn and face the people behind me, my crew. And just kind of judge looks. Do I get smiles? Do I get head shakes? 
Strand, what did we get when we look at you? Uh, just a nod, uh, like a slight nod. Uriel, what does Captain Shao get when he looks at you? Um, he's kind of looking past and he's looking at Garrett and he's trying to judge whether, you know, uh, Garrett thinks this is a good idea or not. Um, I don't Garrett know is eyeballing you back. Make an insight check. Okie dokie, one second. Uh, seven. He's quite hard to read. His body language is very alien to you. But then he kind of like opens his mouth. And you just see a row of teeth. And then he nods and you think he's smiling at you. Okay. Um, yeah, at this point, I think like uh, Uriel's kind of pumped up. He'll, um, you know, uh, start cracking his knuckles and look at Shales and like, okay, if this is what needs to be done, let's do it. Nikas, what does Captain Shale see when he sees you? Yeah, no, I'm definitely in. Um, I'm definitely in. Pushing through the crowd, you see uh, a familiar humanoid. Black skin, dreadlocks tied back in a neat braid. It's the druid, Ferin Castellar. And he comes up to you, uh, Nikas, and he just puts a hand on your shoulder and he says, if you need me, I'll back you up too. Shao's going to just... So is that everyone? Did I miss everyone? Uh, You've got the crew around. Uh, you can see crew faces scattered I'm around not the worried. room. I'm worried about these guys. That's the thing. You've seen so, every one of your player characters. Shao's uh, going to just start banging a like a beat with his um, quarter staff onto the floor and just start to say, "Sun rise, sun rise," and I'm going to try and get the, <laughs> the crowd to join him. I'm going to start like slamping, uh, stamping my foot along with it. <clears throat> And then Uriel um, does the We Will Rock You beat because he doesn't. <laughs> oh, boom, boom, he, he can't boom, do timing boom, very well. Boom, boom, Make a persuasion check with advantage, please, Shale. Uh, so I'm going to skip that. Uh, I'm going to use one of my divination rolls. Oh, yeah. And you use are. a 19. On a 19, everyone joins in. First, it's just your friends. And then you can just hear, like, uh, a voice go, All together in crew. And then it just starts going. <laughs> Sun rise, sun rise. And then everyone else starts chipping in from the crew. Even Dolores does. You can hear her voice. And she kind of winks at uh, you, Strand, when she sees that you've spotted her. And um, then Marianne just kind of shouts out, Oh, green man! And then she just waves her hanky again. She goes, Oh, for the green man! And then everyone starts, like, chanting, Sunrise, sunrise. And the council look at each other in turn and smile. And Ida kind of like hushes the crowd. Oh, I hope they've you... been like cursed and they'll do that for eternity. <laughs> or not, at least until they all just die. <laughs> like they just forget how to drink, eat, anything like that. That's all they can do. Two weeks later, they're all dead. <laughs> yeah. Sunrise! <laughs> Eden looks at you, uh, Shale, for your response. Let's go to war. And then Shale kind of pushes through the crowd behind him. Fixes his new fancy looking magic captain's hat and, and walks out. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 
it. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns.